Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Well, hey, uh, good afternoon, everybody. It's Jamie Cass from the Cannabis Agenda. Uh, this week's show, it looks like I'll be uh, hitting it solo style as uh, my co-host, Mr. Pot Green, is off on a little international vacation uh, celebrating his birthday, the big 3 O's. So, man, excellent uh, birthday kudos, birthday well wishes. What what have you goes out to uh, Mr. Green. Hope you're enjoying it, brother. And we look forward to uh, talking about important issues, cannabis-related issues and events when you return. Um, today it's a little bit of a special treat. Today I'll be headed down to the Illinois State Capitol in Springfield, Illinois, in support of a state legislation titled SB 1381. This is a medical marijuana pilot act. Now they have uh, worked their way through the system, and it's been proposed many years, and pretty much not gotten anywhere and this year's uh, quite in contrast to that as it has been it has made it through the Senate last year it's uh, been approved by all the health committees it's made all the hurdles through committee um, it's at a house vote it's expected to go to actually a floor vote as early as May so we're very excited about the possibility of this uh, Congressman Lou Lang has sponsored this legislation we thank you Mr. Lang uh, Congressman uh, Lang states that uh, although there's 90 plus uh, representatives that look him in the eye and tell him how wonderful a bill and they hope he gets this passed. Wonderful a bill that is and uh, you know, they hope that he, he gets this one through. Uh, there's probably about 50 uh, 56 maybe maximum uh, votes right now that he can count on so he's painfully close to the 60 vote range and they anticipate getting those votes in due time so we're uh, we're looking pretty good um, and we're gonna go try to push it over I'll uh, check back in I'm on my way down to the Capitol building now so I will check back in with you uh, when we get down there all right see what we can stir up alrighty hang in Bam, and we're back. It's about actually a 45-minute trip to get here from when I checked off, but uh, uh, in your time, it was about three seconds. So here we are. We're now inside the Illinois Capitol building. Um, we have Dan Lynn, the executive director for the Illinois Cannabis Patients Association. They are sponsoring this table uh, with Normal Nor with Illinois Normal today in support of SB 1381, the Medical Cannabis Pilot Program. Uh, Dan, thank you for joining me today. Um, our listeners are really... Uh, lucky to get, be able to hear from the director of this whole mess. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. So, uh, this is a, a show, the Cannabis Agenda is our is our podcast. We call it a, a podcast, affectionately. We talk about all things cannabis related. Uh, we like to, uh, our theme generally and what we like to stick to is staying with uh, a more down-to-earth and uh, objective point of view to discuss things in an honest manner so people can start to, to learn more about the actual truths you know, surrounding cannabis um, as opposed to the mountain of myths that have been shoved our way over the decades. Yeah, and that's what we're here today at the Capitol doing. Uh, you know, we're here lobbying on behalf of medical cannabis patients and trying to pass the medical cannabis legislation that you mentioned, Senate Bill 1381. Uh, today's also April 20th, so we saw it as an opportunity to break stereotypes that lawmakers or other people might have 
about those who support medical cannabis. Uh, you know, we've asked all of our supporters here to you know dress nice and act polite because uh, you know they're expecting a lot of tie-dyed uh, shirts and dreadlocks, and uh, we're here in uh, shoot and uh, suit and ties and uh, and dress slacks. So it's uh, a day of breaking through those stereotypes and educating people on the benefits of medical cannabis and uh, the reality that people who support medical cannabis come from all walks of life. Okay, so uh, we know uh, Congressman Lou Lang has sponsored this. Uh, we are very happy and uh, proud of Congressman Lang for, for getting behind this because he has one of the key elements, I believe, uh, in getting this potentially passed. Um, the biggest barrier by far has been the law enforcement community. Over the years, it's been tried uh, repetitively for, I don't know, numerous years now. Um, the reason that this one has got so far is perhaps uh, almost most Lang is a former prosecutor and has very positive uh, ties within the law enforcement community. So, uh, what what has been the law enforcement community? What has been their uh, response so far? Well, the law enforcement lobby in Springfield has been against us ever since we started pushing this measure. Uh, you know, almost 10 years ago now. Uh, we don't expect them to ever go neutral. However, we do have, uh, as you mentioned, you know, former prosecutors and uh, state's attorneys sponsoring the medical cannabis legislation. So. Uh, I think people are starting to become more aware that the law enforcement lobby is simply opposed to us because they have to be, and uh, they aren't necessarily worried that the sky is going to fall if we allow sick and dying people access to medical cannabis in Illinois. Sure, and I know I know you probably you're definitely familiar with. I know our uh, listeners are probably familiar as well. An organization called LEAP, that's Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, and uh, we know uh, Norm Stamper is a key figure in this organization. We're really proud of former police chief of Seattle. Uh, he uh, he has stated. Uh, I heard him say more than more. That you know the, the state police, or I mean, I'm sorry, the the police chief uh, like community is a very small and tight across the country. You know, nationally, is a very small and tight knit community. They all know each other. When they go to conventions, it's a select group of individuals. And he said over and over, when he talks to them, they're like, "Yes, I absolutely agree with this." Kind of like uh, Congressman Lang said that he has 90 plus percent or 90 plus uh, Congress people that say, "I hope you get this passed. This is great." But then he'll shake their his buddy's hand, another police chief, and that chief will turn around and walk onto a stage, you know, and give a speech holding exactly the status quo. And this is it's a children, it's our children fear factor thing coming in, and it's uh, the detriments and it's the destructive, you know, substance. And what do you make of all that? Is well, we, we're fortunate enough to have a, a piece of literature on our paper from a elite member in Illinois, uh, Jim Gyrick, who has uh, helped us out before meeting with state legislators. And, uh, you know, he wrote uh, this letter saying, you know, not everyone in law enforcement is actually against this. Uh, you know, he is in favor of it. Uh, the sponsor in the Senate, Senator Hayne, you know, he's a former state's attorney prosecutor. Uh, you mentioned Senator or State Representative Lang's background. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the law enforcement community is doing what they're told to do. And, uh, you know, they do look out for each other, mm -hmm. and they see this as uh, potentially something that could uh, lose jobs for their fellow law enforcement members or funding uh, for their budgets. Uh, but you talk to them personally in the hallway out here, and a lot of them are supportive. You know, they know people who are sick. They know people who could help, or this could help. Right. And uh, it's unfortunate that you have these vested interests uh, working against this medicine uh, sure. that people need right now in the state of Illinois. Sure. It's, uh, it's sick that you would have a situation where uh, a lawmaker would just fight vehemently against something like this. But yet if their wife or a loved one or a child or mother perhaps had a, a life-threatening or a disabling condition, 
trying to access some some way, you know, find some way to access cannabis. Yeah. You know, they try anything when you're in that situation. Yeah. I suffer from chronic pain myself. I think that's final degeneration, and it's like all the time. You know, it, it's, it's it's intractable. It changes all the time. You can't. It's unbearable. And and mine, my my condition, although really really serious, and it affects me daily. It's just a minute fraction of what a lot of people deal with every single day, and yet. significant shift in public perception on this issue. Uh, I mean, medical cannabis always holds, uh, you know, above 50% these days. Uh, you're starting to see it, uh, you know, in the, in the low low 80s and upper 70 percentile now of people that support allowing doctors to recommend cannabis for sick people. Uh, but the politicians have never been trailblazers on this issue. They're much more reactionaries. And, uh, you know, as soon as they start feeling like they can vote for this and not lose their seat and lose their political position, uh, you know, that's when this will go through. And I think that uh, we're just a few uh, weeks away from that happening in Illinois. So have you been fortunate enough to uh, cross paths with uh, Congressman Lang today at all? I haven't spoken with uh, Representative Lang today, but uh, I think in the, later this afternoon we might get together and sit down and uh, go over the votes of uh, who we have and who we don't have. Okay, excellent. Um, would it be possible you give me a call or write my number down? Let me know what he says about that. I'd love to report and give uh, our listeners a little bit better idea of how this thing is uh, fair. Yeah. We're all very tentative and hopeful. You know, I know it's really close. One vote can make a difference. In the, you know, yeah. Several votes short, I know, still. But. Well, yeah, I'll be sure to uh, follow up with you with uh, where we're at with this. Excellent. You know, uh, you stated that people are starting to open their eyes and realize the truth about cannabis. And uh, that's uh, thanks in large part to good people like you. So we, uh, I want to express my appreciation for you guys for getting out here and doing this for, for us, for society, for people like me, you know, people like uh, our, maybe one of our listeners' family members or our listeners you know, themselves. So uh, thank you very much, Dan Lynn, the uh, executive director of Illinois Cannabis Patients Association. He's carrying the torch for us all here in Illinois, down here at the Illinois Capitol Building in Springfield, Illinois. Thank you much, Dan. Thank take you very care, much, sir. And uh, take care of yourself. All right. Well done. How about that? Uh, that's uh, Dan Lynn is a great guy. I've uh, known him for a little while, not too long, but he's, uh, he's making some great uh, headway here on this legislation, so we'll keep you petted on that. Um, let me see if we can dig somebody else up. Uh, if I'm not able to find anybody else, it's uh, approaching uh, later in the afternoon when it, the crowd kind of thins out. Um, we will be back again in May. Um, that one, we will be able to uh, get to a morning session, so that's when it really gets active, and especially since that will be the last opportunity um, for a lobby effort. That should be pretty loud and rowdy, so we're looking forward to that, too. All right, people, um, this is Jay Casanova, and I'm here um, at the Illinois State Capitol in the support of SB 1381. So in your state, when you get a, che when you get a chance to uh, support legislation like this, make sure you uh, carry the flag for those people that need it and get out there and call your legislatures. Uh, let them know that you hold a vote and that uh, this is a serious issue and not a fringe matter by any means. It's not a bunch of stoners and tie-dyes, but, uh, you know, it includes those folks, too, because there's nothing wrong with them. And if they have an ailment, then cannabis can cure or, or mitigate circumstances.
circumstances caused by that you know, as well. So um, support your legislation when it comes out, and we'll talk to you soon. Um, sure. All right, guys. Hey, we're back here. Um, it's it's Jamie Cass from the Cannabis Agenda um, live feeding from the uh, Springfield Capitol building in uh, Springfield, Illinois. That's the Illinois State Capitol in support of SB 1381. That's the uh, medical cannabis pilot program that they're um, pushing the legislation through. Uh, we have about 52 to 54 votes uh, sealed up, as we know. Um, Congressman Lou Lang has sponsored this bill, so uh, we're hopeful it's going to get a, a positive vote. We've been promised uh, by the House leader that uh, we will get a vote on the floor, um, perhaps in May. So we're down here supporting this. So we're talking to uh, an Illinois patient, I believe, and a supporter of uh, 1381. Um, what? How you doing? What, let the people know uh, what your name is and what you're doing here today. Well, uh, my name is Dan P. I'm here to uh, bring awareness to uh, SB 1381. It's a very important bill that uh, is long overdue. It needs to pass. Uh, you know, there's plenty of people like myself that uh, benefit from this medicine, yet we are now criminalized because of an injury or uh, illness. Sure. Sure. So, uh, um, how long have you been here today? I've been here since about 10.30 this morning. Okay, yeah, we're here in the late afternoon, just uh, for reference purposes. Uh, so you've been here most of the day, and uh, was there a decent turnout earlier this morning? I wasn't able to get here in the morning. Yeah, I, we, we definitely had a decent turnout. I had an opportunity to uh, go around and uh, speak with uh, several state representatives. I've uh, got a lot of favorable uh, uh, feedback from them as well. Sure. We're, uh, we, we always appreciate hearing the feedback, uh, the positive feedback, and of course we're all dedicated to pushing that forward. But uh, I think more important to us right now is some of the negative feedback. So what, what about that? Have you uh, encountered any outright <coughs> negativity or disbelief? Yes, I, I have. And it's funny you mention that because the biggest uh, negative feedback I've gotten is from law enforcement agencies. Um, you know, mainly these different uh, you know, county sheriffs, uh, different law enforcement organizations have really put up some hurdles. And from what I've noticed and from what I've heard from several state representatives, really turns into uh, misinformation. I have one uh, state representative, which will go unnamed, that told me, looking right in the eye, and he goes, well, right now, if you went and got a prescription from the doctor, you could grow it, right? And I told him, no. That's what this bill is trying to cover. You have to tell me who that is in private. i got to know who that person is. Uh, maybe take some literature to inform them. Yeah, well, I did. That's what I did. I gave him literature on it. I made sure that that got into his hands. because said, I had no idea. No. This is amazing stuff. Can you give me some more of this literature? Yeah, well, it wasn't that. It was, uh, he was once again, pressure from law enforcement agencies. Right. Now, and... There's, there's, there's much, there's much inf misinformation that's going around about this bill. Sure. A lot of people don't realize that they, they think it's going to be a free for all. Everybody's right. going to be able to grow pot or grow cannabis, and they don't realize that the, as the law reads and the regulations that are being put on dispensaries, it makes medical marijuana harder to get than morphine. Yeah. And it's got more stringent raw, uh, regulations on it than a pharmacy. Isn't that it is. Yeah, so I agree with you. I think a lot of people are under the misguided uh, uh, assumption that one day they, they pass a medical cannabis, uh, any piece of legislation, even an overly restrictive one as, as you know, pending now, and uh, they're going to 
table or something ridiculous like that. It's just, yeah, it's hysterical. And I mean, not in a funny way, but it's it's, it's hysterical as in it's it's a lot of hysterics. And it all and it's funny you mentioned that four year old rolling up one because in all honesty, a four year old right now find much more harmful materials in their house, ranging from a variety of cleaners to well their parents' medicine cabinet. Sure. And as the law reads, the regulations that will be put in place that the actual medical marijuana itself will be behind lock and key, and it, all, it will be housed in a more secure way than prescription drugs are right now. Sure, I think the legislation requires for uh, a locked uh, storage area, so it must be in a room with a with an actual physical padlock. That's correct. On, so. I guess, uh, our, our, what's the enforcement going to be like for that? They come into your house and make sure you have the lock with a little check sheet and say, okay, you got the lock, you got uh, this, okay, six plants, counts right, let me see how many mature ones you got, all righty, check that. Well, and well then, it looks like you're good, you passed this inspection, well, no trips. You know, now you're, you're teeter-tottering on our constitutional rights, sure. our right against unlawful search and seizure, where I really believe the strongest regulation is going to be against is the dispensaries sure. to make sure that there's none of it um, making its way out the back door, so to say. Sure. Try this, uh, if you will. Give me two words. What's this all about, ultimately? And, uh, two words, or less. Two words? Hmm. Well, I better think my two words carefully. I, I, your question is concerning the legislation. I'm thinking harm reduction. Bingo. Very, very good. Harm reduction. I'm a big part of a harm reduction movement. That's what we're here for. To give people access to a life. People that experience uh, debilitating conditions, medical conditions or diseases, uh, especially when there's chronic or persistent pain involved, it is relentless. After a week of that, you're in a different world. You're in a world of unconscionable It's relentless. That's why chronic pain conditions, within chronic pain conditions, the number one threat factor to look out for is depression. Because after you fight it and fight it and fight it and don't get anywhere because you're not going to, then uh, there's nowhere to go but, but depressed. And that's a big, big, big problem for people. So with cannabis, I know, have you uh, have you ever lived in a state that has legal access to medical Pretty much an Illinoisian my whole life, okay. with the exception of uh, my travels abroad in business. Sure. Uh, but I have, I, I've been to states that haven't legalized, I've never okay. participated in it though. Sure, sure. I moved here from uh, Humboldt County, California. So you're familiar with that area sure. of uh, the, the map. I, uh, I was uh, recommended to use cannabis. I have uh, a badly uh, degenerated spine in uh, two places. A repetitive injury in, in a couple of areas, and it left me with some chronic pain. And, uh, my doctor was a well-respected doctor. Unlike the, you know, there's going to be those oddballs that, that pop up and say, "Okay, get in line, four hundred dollars, sign here. Next, four hundred dollars, sign here. Next." You know? Sure. And that, that is that is a corruption. And we realize that things are going to happen like that. Things are always going to happen, no matter what kind of a system or organization. It's just it's just life. We have to do well, I mean, what, okay, what's more harmful? The doctor doing that, right. or the shady doctor, and okay, as long as you complain about this and that, and he can 
check off a list, he'll give you a prescription for methadone. Or he'll give you a prescription for oxycodone. Right, we've all heard the commercials. Ask your doctor if this may be right for you. Yeah, what gets me about those commercials is all the side effects. That's why I've decided to go the natural route because I've seen those side effects firsthand and I don't want to cut my life short because of hearing a chronic pain. Right. Or I don't I also feel that it's my inalienable right to seek alternative health care. Right. And you shouldn't go to jail for trying to disagree. Public impression is changing 
as far as their awareness of cannabis and the and the, and the as opposed to the stereo the traditional stereotypes and the holdovers from the, the propaganda era you know of uh, last century ago. Right. I think we're moving from a ideology based discussion to a science based discussion. So the ideology was marijuana and reefer madness and one smoked cigarette you might lose your mind. And we're turning to cannabinoids and cannabis. And if you Google or do a search under cannabinoids, you'd be amazed by what you find versus searching under the word marijuana. So that's part of the transition we are in. It's like everybody's learning a new language and it's going to be science-based, political science-based. Sure. Then what we've had in the past where it's just been an ideology war and we were losing it. It's really amazing that uh, to, to witness and be a part of that transition. I yeah. noticed and as well as my colleagues uh, from our show have noticed uh, clearly that it, it's almost as if this is the first time a huge portion of society has ever heard about cannabis or ever learned anything or, or became aware in any way of truth, the truth of
and you need to help get the word out. If you have that chance, please stand up and let people know what's going on. All right, Dr. Quinton, have a great day, and uh, we wish you the best of luck in your continued uh, efforts. If you talk to Congressman Langs, tell him a little from all of us. We wish him the best. Thank you. We are very, very, very happy to have a uh, congressperson, especially of his caliber with connections in law enforcement that he does, to come and support this issue. And uh, an awesome. It's, uh, it's an amazing day. We'll uh, be back in May. I anticipate we'll be there. So we'll uh, try to do another uh, report from then. And that should be the one where we're, be. we're all here and loud and, and ready to smile and ready to go. So uh, take care. Have a, no. good, uh, have a good week. Sir. Thank you. Okay, so we're back. Uh, it's 4:20. Hopefully, I'm coherent. Um, I'm not exactly positive and not indefinitely worried about it. Frankly, right now, I'm enjoying my 4:20 immensely. I'm with some new friends from Illinois Normal. Um, everybody, say their first name. Just their first name. Andy. Holly. Jay. Andy, Holly, and Jay are uh, dedicated advocates for SB 1381, and we met at the, down at the Capitol building, which is really cool. I'm not trying to encourage any sort of behavior necessarily, but it might be a great idea um, to cons consider an extra, extra little benefit of meeting people and networking with people, like-minded individuals, um, and the subsequent fun you can have on a 420 holiday like this. So thanks for joining us, and uh, until next time, peace and bud. source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com.